This is In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9. Hello and good evening and welcome to In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League show with me, Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. Tonight we'll be taking a look ahead to the semi-finals with four Super League sides just 80 minutes away from Old Trafford. Between now and seven this evening, we'll hear from Warrington coach Tony Smith, who's fielding a very strong side against Huddersfield at the Halliwell Jones, which kicks off in just under two hours' time. We had a couple of days off uh, late last week, but training over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. We had a mock game on Saturday against some of our younger players, and uh, it's been pretty much business as usual and uh, going according to plan. Giants coach Paul Anderson says his side will most definitely have a point to prove, though, after being chosen by Wolves in the club call. They're the one number one ranking team, which obviously we finished top. It makes you think a little bit, a bit cocky there, so we'll, uh, we'll come and uh, show what we're capable of. Warrington's Chris Riley says they'll want to make it a special night though and give certain players a fantastic final home game. Adrian Moore has been probably one of the most influential players that I've ever played with and uh, he's a great block as well and he'll be sadly missed next year but I said we've, we've still got business to do and it, it isn't over just yet and we've just got to go out there on Thursday and, and do the business and hopefully get to the grand final. Tomorrow night Wigan Warriors face Leeds Rhinos in what will be of course an emotional night for some. It was finally confirmed this week Sam Tompkins is indeed off to the NRL. He signed a three-year deal at New Zealand Warriors after the club's agreed a world record transfer fee of around £700,000. It was very difficult. It's been a massive part of all my family's life for, for a number of years with obviously my two brothers playing here and my parents have been been every step of the way with us and it wasn't easy and the people that, that at this club have been a massive help for me and you know personally timing wise it, it's it's the right time for me to leave. We'll also hear from Ian Lenigan who'll tell us how some of that money will be spent at Wigan and coach Sean Wayne of course looks ahead to that semi-final with Leeds. It's pretty even between us um, in, in hockey games Leeds are the, are, are the kings you know they've got some experienced players in their team so we know there's a major challenge ahead. And in the studio this evening, we're joined by John Wilkin too. So we'll be talking to him all about that incredible but ultimately gutting game for St. Helens with Leeds Rhinos last week that saw Saints' season brought to a close. First of all, though, let's have a quick run through the events of the last seven days in Super League. Here's Mick Coyle. On Thursday night, Huddersfield Giants destroyed Hull FC 76-18, running in 14 tries. It was all over, really, by half-time, as Paul Anderson's side led 54 points to 6. It was a demolition that ultimately ended Peter Gentle's time in charge on Humberside, as Hull parted company with him. Former captain Lee Radford has been made his replacement, signing a three-year deal. The other Super League playoff last week was a very different story, though, as Leeds hosted Saints in what was to be a classic. Both sides were evenly matched, and it was a drop goal from Danny Maguire, which was the difference at the end of the night, with Saints losing by just a point as it ended 11-10. Elsewhere last week, Wigan finally confirmed Sam Tompkins is off to the NRL, signing a three-year deal at New Zealand Warriors, and will have a sending off at the DW tomorrow night. North Queensland's Matty Bowen is joining Sean Wade's side on a one-year deal as Tompkins' replacement. Warrington confirmed this week Tyrone McCarthy, Reese Williams and Brett Hodgson will leave the Wolves at the end of the season, while Witness handed a full-time deal to under-19s captain Kieran Butterworth. Thanks, Mick. So, good evening, Steve, and good evening, John Wilkin. Good evening, Lauren. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. John, an incredible game last week, but ultimately not to be for St Helens, but you really gave it your all. Yeah, it was. Um, I thought it was a thoroughly entertaining game uh, for, the, for the people who tuned in to watch. Uh, 
very disappointing as a player to to be part of that. Um, to to lose in the playoffs is, is obviously gut wrenching, but to to lose in that manner made it you know very difficult to take. And yeah, I've been at the club for a number of years now, and and uh, losing in the Saints yet is never easy. Uh, but, but this this one was particularly difficult, I think, because the the quality of the game was so good, and um, really we didn't play badly at any point during the match. I thought we defended superbly, but. Ultimately, you know, Danny Maguire's drop goal got the better of us at the end, and and credit to Leeds for producing what's another fantastic playoff performance. And they tend to, unfortunately, do it against yourselves, whether it be in grand finals or whether it be at that stage. And uh, they are the ultimate professionals, are they? Uh, you know, they, they didn't really give you a chance to get back at that stage, did they? Albeit there was that one when the last tackle when Kevin Sinfield kicked downfield. Yeah, I think the game was really tight, and 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 usually games between uh, Leeds and Saints are, are very tight, um, very defensive games. Um, and and Leeds, I think what they what they've got a real knack of is is absorbing pressure and not conceding points when they're under pressure, and and that's why they win a lot of big games is because they they can absorb all that energy and pressure from another team and then uh, react and score points quickly and and. You know that's what we did. We had, we had an opportunity to kick a drop goal. Uh, mine was probably a little bit less memorable than Danny's, Danny Maguire's, um, and probably also if we had a recognised kicker in the team uh, when Kevin put the ball out on the full, we had the opportunity to go for two. But uh, you know, in that situation, without a recognised kicker, without even your second choice kicker uh, on the field, it, it was difficult to to make that call at the time. And I know that a few fans were, were confused by that, but we. We took the decision to to run the ball because you know we really weren't ultimately confident in 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 kicking the ball dead from that that length. So um, I, I thought it was a great game. You know, it's it took best part of seventy two hours for me to be able to just sit back and and actually say that game had all the the hallmarks of a great playoff game. You know, one of the greatest playoff games there's been. I'd say they've got to be tired though. Surely after a game of that caliber against yourselves going into Wigan tomorrow night, we'll talk about this a little bit later. But uh, are you thinking they're going to be feeling that um, Brian McDermott's named an unchanged? I think team. it's the, the perfect setup for for Leeds going into another another big game. Is uh, it's more difficult, I'd say, for for Huddersfield this week than, than it is for Leeds because. Uh, the playoff intensity, you know, is a different intensity to the regular season. Huddersfield's game for me smacked of a, a game in March or April, or where you know they caught Hull on a bad, really bad day, and um, sometimes more difficult to actually produce a, a, an intense performance following what was quite a sloppy game, the the, the other the other um, major knockout game at the weekend. So I think it's interesting to see how Huddersfield, you know, can can deal with that and and come back against the Warrington team that have obviously sniffed blood against the Huddersfield pack because they've, they've really taken it to Huddersfield this year and um, I think Warrington will be quite confident. From an Huddersfield's point of view though, obviously they didn't really have to work hard and that's no disrespect to Hull to get that result so they go into that game fresh albeit they've uh, been playing week by week, John. Yeah, I, I, I think it's difficult when you go into, like I said, a big game where you haven't had to deal with the intensity of a big game. Um, the whole game for me, what didn't have any of the, um, the, the 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 physical markers on it, or the the um, the aggression and intensity that a really big game does. Um, I was against Leeds, did and I, and I actually think at this time of year that's great preparation. I, th- I think Huddersfield um, may well, through Paul Anderson, as we heard there, talk about using motivation from the club call. Um, 
I don't think that play a part. I don't think that will be playing a part in the game at all. I think the interesting battle will be through the middle of the field, um, the Huddersfield forwards' ability to deal with that relentless pressure from Warrington, and that's what I'd pretty much expect to see tonight. Well, we'll hear from Paul Anderson and Tony Smith in a minute, but to talk about the the other big issue this week as well, Sam Tompkins, worst kept secret in rugby league. He's uh, he's been confirmed. He is off to uh, New Zealand Warriors. Three-year deal with the option to return to Wigan at the end of that. And uh, Sam told uh, Steve and Louisa King this week it was a hard decision to make, but one he ultimately felt he had to. It's something I'm glad to get out and uh, a challenge I'm certainly looking forward to. Were there any other clubs involved and why New Zealand Warriors? Yeah, there was a spot to a few clubs in the NRL and um, the, the Warriors just struck me as a, a club that had a lot of similarities to Wigan. Um, you know, I, I love this club here and, and the people that are involved with it. Um, so when I, when I spoke to them and, and found out a little bit more about them, I, I realised that it was probably the, the right place for me to go. How much, uh, with, with Wigan obviously being your hometown club and such, like how, how difficult was it to, to get to this decision? Um, it, it was it was very difficult. Uh, it's been a massive part of all my family's life for, for a number of years. With obviously my two brothers playing here, and um, you know my my parents have been been every step of the way with us. And um, it wasn't easy. And you know the the people that, that at this club, um, you know, have been a massive help for me. And um, you know the the players I've played with, the, the media like yourselves, people that you see week in week out, have always given me support. So you know I, I couldn't thank everyone enough for for what they've done for me whilst I've been here. But um, you know, personally, timing-wise, it, it's it's the right time for me to leave, and um, you know, I'm, I'm leaving with with happy memories and and the and the club's blessing as well. Because you know, we as soon as, as soon as I started thinking that I wanted to go to the NRL, I was I was open with Sean Wayne and Ian Lennigan and told them exactly how it was. And um, although they stressed they didn't didn't really want me to go, um, they sort of said, you know, we want you to do what whatever you feel best in your life, and and this is it. It's a, going to be a fantastic challenge for you. It is. It's going to be a tough one, um, being the only English bloke there and moving 12,000 miles away from friends and family. I've, I've always lived a mile away from my mum and uh, all my friends, so um, it's going to be tough on and off the field, but uh, a challenge that I'm certainly ready for. But uh, you do have a friend over there, former teammate Tommy Luai. Has, has he told you much about the side? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I'm good friends with Tommy and um, I've spoke to him all the time since, since he left, so... Once I got into negotiations with the Warriors, then obviously I asked him a few questions about about life there and, and the club. And um, you know, Tommy's a very honest bloke, and um, I knew he wouldn't wouldn't tell me any lies. And he gave me um, you know all, all his opinions on everything there, and he had nothing but praise for the club. So um, you know, Tommy was certainly a factor in me going. How difficult has it been to kind of fend us media off, as it were? Because obviously these rumours have been going around for ages and. For so often you've had to say, I'm, I'm with Wigan, I'm with Wigan. How difficult was that? Yeah, you're, you're pretty ruthless, you like, aren't you? <laughs> you don't give up. But um, I was completely honest with the media and I explained I've, I hadn't signed contracts when I hadn't and um, I only signed the contract 10 days ago. So to sign it 10 days ago, get your medicals done, then release it. Um, really, I should probably get a bit of praise for how quickly I've done it, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> so And so... Uh, uh, Friday, obviously, n- not just you, but quite a few players saying saying goodbye at home. It, like you've already said, it's, it's going to be an emotional night. Isn't it? it is. It'll be tough. Um, there's a few of us in the same boat, though, so it'll not only be me feeling that in feeling that way, but um, I want to leave this this stadium with happy memories and and beating Leeds in the semi final. It'd be you know one of one of the highlights of my career and another one to add to a to a long list. But um, as a team, we're in a, we're in a great place and. I think you know Pat and, and Liam Moss will be feeling as I am and, and Chris Tucson, but 
Um, you know, I think we're firmly focused on winning the game rather than rather than being our last. And, and after the final, the final whistle, then we'll probably realise it's it's um, you know the the end of a chapter for us. Yeah, you, you hope it won't be a last game, but uh, it's going to be a tough one against Leeds. That is, um, you know, Leeds are known for for peaking this time of the year, and they've done very well at it in recent years. And I think they'll they'll be a they'll be a tough task, but. Um, you know we know how to beat them. We've beat them before. Um, we need to sort of deal with our individuals. You, you Kevin Simfields, you Danny Maguire, you Rob Burrows, world class players, but but players that we've we've dealt with before. So we'll be we'll be looking on past experience of beating them and and hoping we can pull that out on Friday. Sam Tompkins chatting to Steve and Louisa King there. So this move to New Zealand Warriors said to be around £700,000. That's what's coming into Wigan. Sam will have a send-off tomorrow night before the playoff with Leeds and chairman Ian Lennigan says they want to make sure it's a good one. In some respects it's a sad day but it's also a good day because Sam has done very well for Wigan. He will do very well in the NRL. Wigan have done very well financially from it but yes, overall it's a sad day because we'd rather Sam stay here for another uh, three or four years but the reality is if when you've won every trophy at least twice and we're hoping that even the grand final he can make his second one in the next two uh, two weeks or so what is the challenge uh, particularly because I think we'll do well in the World Cup at the end of this year as well so he's probably right that now is a good time with him top of the game to move to the NRL so it is a sensible reasonable decision from which this club comes out very well uh, and we've got a superlative replacement in Matty Bell. You've announced that it's a world record for you. I'm aware of obviously how much Mr. Rafael was and uh, obviously Stuart Fielding, but obviously it's in excess of that, so it's a win-win-win. It is a win-win, but understand that Wigan, <coughs> Wigan always reinvest their money. I've never taken a penny out of this club in salary or in any other stipend since I came here six years ago. And in fact, we've invested more than 300 grand extra during the last 12 months. So I put money in rather than taking it out. It goes into the future development of the business, not just into players. It goes into backroom staff, it goes into uh, TV developments, it goes into education, it goes into all of the other elements of the business that are important for Wigan to become and continue to be a very strong club. So it's not a financial decision at all, though financially we gain from it, obviously. But that money will go back in the club in different places. Wigan chairman Ian Lennigan speaking there. So John, um, wasn't that unexpected that this was going to be announced about Sam? heading off to Australia. How much of a blow do you think it is for the Super League? I think there's a couple of things to consider what, what Sam offers the competition in terms of his playing ability and, and then also you know Sam's uh, impact commercially on, on the competition and, and how much he's been used as the face of not only the World Cup but of many of the facets of the game. Um, in, in playing terms, I think he's uh, going to be a big loss for Wigan. He's Obviously, a, a bit of a game changer for them. Uh, I think the biggest loss for me would be his personality and the profile, what he's built for our sport, and the amount of column inches that Sam gets, and some of the great work that James Grant, the agency that look after Sam, have brought into rugby league, and really, I think, broadened the horizons of people in terms of what value they can extract out of a rugby league player. I think Sam's taken that to a new level, and I think we spoke. Uh, one of the previous times I've been in about how if you look back in the personalities of the game, there's not really been one since, you know, the likes of a Sculthorpe or a, a Cunningham or a, um, that's me being biased, obviously, with two St. Helens names, but, uh, you know, Andy Farrell, then you go back to Hanley, um, Edwards, there's not really been any real personalities being developed. And I thought with Sam, we'd finally crack that. And 
I think it's disappointing for me to see him leave from that respect. But you know, it, it's, he had to leave. It's just pure. From a player's and a personal life perspective, it's sort of a no-brainer. I it, suppose it in just, a way, it financially, you know, forget forget anything else. I, I think financially, he had to leave. You know, the, the, the salary cap in Australia is so lucrative, and obviously commercially off the field is so lucrative, and the competition's such a good standard. Um. You know, I think uh, there's a lot of players. I mean, we recently conducted a poll amongst all the Super League players, and a huge percentage of players admit that they've had the head turned by the NRL. So. We had Gareth in from the Rugby League World talking about that and uh, yeah. how he worked with you on that and the, and the poll that you did. And it, the, the stats were were high, weren't they? They were, yeah. And, and that's just that's just honesty. I think part of communicating with the players is understanding that players are being having the heads turned by the NRL and and actually I think more worryingly the NRL head has been turned by Super League as a result of probably what Gareth Ellis, Adrian Morley prior to him, James Graham's done but then the Burgess brothers this year have uh, been a revelation and Sam will go over there with a lot more pressure than actually anybody else has ever gone over with. He's He's gone over with a big fee on his head and into a different position. We've sent forwards over in the past. Uh, this will be the first time we see a playmaker creative sort of game-changing player go over to the NRL and for me as a player it would be really interesting to see how he does in, in 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 the NRL which has got you know quite a lot of players who can and fill that role. Right we're going to take a short break now here on City Talk 105.9 but afterwards we'll turn our attention to Warrington and Huddersfield tonight that's all to come on In Touch. In Touch City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown City Talk 105.9 In Touch City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown City Talk 105.9 Welcome back to In Touch City Talks Rugby League Hour. I'm Laura Moss, joined in the studio tonight by Steve Manning and Saints' John Wilkin too. Playoff action tonight sees Warrington host Huddersfield Giants and it, it really was a case of two very different playoffs when the Giants smashed Hull FC last week. It was a result that ultimately saw Peter Gentle sacked. Was that a surprising move? Uh, what do you both think? I think he looked, no disrespect, a dead man walk and his expression and his body language when he was watching that game and he must have been thinking what am I watching here you know we have a game plan and the game plan literally went out of the window after uh, less than a minute and they just uh, just capitulated didn't they and uh, I couldn't believe what it was I mean was in the studio so I'd recorded that game for later on and I was expecting a compelling contest and uh, all of a sudden you start fast forward and it, it, it was boring and, and you know I tuned shouldn't in be after half time and was like what because I, I just got back from work and yeah. I tuned in and was like well what, what's what's going on here yeah, it was a strange a strange game I thought in, in, in many respects all seemed to concede without much of a fight which is unusual um, for any team uh, and I think you're right I think Peter Gentle did look did dejected rightly so um, I think the players have to take some responsibility if not quite a lot of the responsibility as well you know I think Peter can have an influence over the long course of the year but um, their performance on that night was is not down to a coaching error it's it's you know it's a, a, an issue of of personal pride in your own performance and I think that that's that's what was lacking in, in the whole team is it a question though that the buck's got to fall somewhere, and you know you obviously can't get rid of an entire squad? You, the, yeah. It's got to fall with the coach. Yeah, I think the the, the club potentially may have been unha- unhappy uh, prior to that game. Anyway, I think the, the result of the game may not have changed things. Um, I uh, yeah, I think Hullwood may be a victim of pre-season. Um, I think their marketing department did a fantastic job because they had me convinced that they were going to win some competitions this year, um, and. 
you know, I'm not sure whether they, they had the squad to do that, but um, it puts a lot of pressure on a coach when uh, teams built up to to be winning everything and and they fall short. Well, former captain uh, Lee Radford's taken over on a three year deal now from Peter Gentle, and they've appointed him. I suppose from within, you could say them technically. And he says his own career has taken some unexpected twists and turns. I didn't expect to be finished playing two years ago, so um, but it's an opportunity I didn't know would arise again or when it would arise again. So it's probably one I couldn't turn down. It's it's one I you know put a lot of thought into and, and asked you know seeked a lot of advice from a lot of different people who's had um, influence obviously on my career. Um, but it's you know it's one I'm really comfortable with. You've been set a target of sorts, haven't you? Um, Adam Pearson wants success. He stated he wants success, but so do you, so do the players. Yeah, yeah, and you know I'm fully aware of, of what Adam um, wants and demands, um, and I, I, I'm fully aware of the risks. That if that doesn't happen, what you know, what the outcome will be. So, um, you know, we, we all want success for the club. Not only do we want success, we we want some some local kids within the club, um, some local passionate kids within the club, and and that's what the spectators want. Well, turning our attention back to the playoffs now, and uh, Huddersfield are at Warrington tonight in the semi-finals, off the back of that win over Hull FC. And uh, the first time—it's the first time this year that a club have picked a side that finished above them. We'll talk about the club call in a minute. Tony Smith didn't attend it on Sunday. He's already said before he's not a fan. And assistant coach Willie Poaching confirmed the news. Yeah, it was going to be tough either way, but uh, as the chairman mentioned, the decision that the board came up with was one that was uh, supported wholeheartedly by the by the coaching staff and. Uh, we knew that the decision was going to come from the Huddersfield whole game and the decision was going to be made on the basis that it was going to give us an extra day's preparation and we, weren't, we were going to know who the winner was and you know it's as I said it's a decision that the board made and it was supported by us as coaches. You got beat a couple of weeks ago but obviously that game that you won at the week and uh, you must be going into it full of confidence. Yeah, what happened a couple of weeks ago is a couple of weeks ago and uh, you got to take each game on its merit and we'll prepare, we we know we've trained this morning, we've trained to our best of our ability. We've got another two days of good practice to put in before we come here on Thursday. Did you train with a view to that you might be at Warrington or we're going to order no matter? Today. Uh, we were training today regardless and we were going to have to... The way that this has been structured I think it's laughable if I'm being honest, but you play Thursday and you don't know until Sunday dinner time whether you're playing Thursday or Friday is disgraceful, but it's, it is what it is now, so we've just got to crack on. And we was always training today, now we'll, we'll have a recovery day tomorrow and... Uh, Crack on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday to play Thursday. And have you got any injury problems going into that game? Because obviously the other side appear to have problems. No, we're, we're pretty healthy to be fair, mate. We one or two people come off with a couple of knocks last week, but the scoreline suggested we didn't have to push anybody. So uh, some blocks got some time that needed it, and some blocks didn't get the time because they didn't need it. So uh, we uh, we managed our squad pretty well last week, and other than uh, obviously Stuart Field was retired, we're, we're pretty injury free. Given that you were picked, does that give your side any added motivation when you come here on Thursday? Uh, it's, it's a thankless job, isn't it? I mean, to choose. And, uh, but, but they've picked uh, the first, the, number, the one number one ranking team, which obviously we finished top. Uh, makes you think a little bit, a bit cocky there, so we'll, uh, we'll come and, uh, and show what we're capable of. Paul Anderson speaking there. So the club call, it, it divides everyone, or, or does it really divide everyone? Is everyone of the same opinion that it's just really a little bit bizarre? Players' perspective, John, what do you make of it all? Well, actually, from a playing perspective, it, it is of little or no significance to the players. Um, Huddersfield won't be more motivated because Warrington have picked them. Huddersfield will know that Warrington have picked them because they've had good results against them this year. Similarly, if if, if you know Warrington have picked the lowest finishing team in uh 
the the club would have accepted that also. So it, you know, it's I, I don't think it's a big deal. I think the reason it was brought in was to create this sort of media frenzy around it to get the game some coverage and which it, it actually has done. I think it has, but because we're talking about the concept rather than actually um, there being a huge press conference that was televised that there's almost like the NFL style um, build up to it where the, the, it's announced and there's a, almost like a boxing showdown type thing. If we're going to do it, let's do it like that. Rather than everybody say they don't like it, um, they send other people to it and then we just report it as in, is it a good idea? Do you think that's really kind of what we're guilty of doing in the media with a lot of things in the sport generally anyway? It is happening. We should just... Yeah, get, I, get on with it and sort of embrace it. I suppose it's hard when other, when the coaches don't yeah. to a certain it's exec- extent. Execution for me, if we executed it well, we did it almost like a boxing showdown, and we televised it, and we got the captains there, and we got like um, we almost built it up as an aggressive thing. You know how dare how dare Warrington pick us? Yeah, how dare they pick us? David and, and, Hay, Tyson Fury, yeah, yeah, right. and, and then and build it up and make it a bit dramatic. Then I think people might want to watch it. They'd probably see through the drama, and but. You know, we see through that in boxing. Whenever I watch a boxing showdown, I just think these guys are trying to sell tickets. You know, what, and they do what's, sell them. What's wrong in selling tickets for our games? You know, there's there's an argument that we need to try and sell as many tickets for our playoff games as we can because they've not been, um, you know, flying out the doors. But, uh, you know, that's another challenge. Mm. So I suppose really f- for that to work, you need to, to make sure that the coaches and everyone were, were behind it, at least on the surface, for it to work. And then instead of a journalist like myself or Steve here thinking, oh, Tony Smith's not well, that keen on this. I think this. if they executed it well and yeah. did it well, the coaches would embrace it more. And I think if it came from central in a strong you know, tone to say, this is what we're doing, this is how we're doing it, and we're going to absolutely do it, to, we're going to lay it out like this and this is how it's done, then I think... There's an argument for it, but I don't see that at the moment. I know a lot of people put a lot of effort in. Just from my perspective, I look at the best in any industry, and I watched the America's Cup coverage uh, last night, mm. and you're blown away by what a dull sport essentially looked fantastic. I was riveted, um, and that's all through the way it's presented. And I watched um, really an example of how to present something and think we should take example off the best things in any industry and... I'm not sure we do. Let's look at the NFL when they announce the draft and things like that. And the way they make things appear is aspirational. And when a kid watches that, they want to be involved in it. And when a person watches it, they want to buy a ticket. And instead of we play things down and we're negative all the time. And look, I'm I'm as cynical as anybody. And and we I think we just need to start embracing this. It's more American style to uh, the way we present our sport. Maybe but it does all come back down opinion. to marketing and how you're yeah. selling yourselves again, isn't it? And I suppose yeah. you you need obviously you want the media to be you know, painting an accurate picture and unbiased, but you you also want you know they're the ones that are, are getting the product out there to the fans that are, are going to be bigging it up. Yeah, I think we need everybody to buy into it. I mm. think that, you know um, when there is debate out there, is the club called good or bad or indifferent? What people then inevitably it leads. Um, supply and demand isn't it people want to talk about it so we end up talking about it now whereas I think if it was great and we nailed it for year one debate kind of stops there and then doesn't it but we've kind of dragged it out and we're still talking about it is it good is it bad well if we're going to keep doing it let's make sure everybody attends let's make sure it's great otherwise let's let it go thanks John Um, back to tonight Warrington set to field a strong side Tony Smith named a strong team Richie Myler and Brett Hodgson and Trent Waterhouse back in the 19 and it'll be the last home game for Adrian Morley and Gareth Carvel and Hodgson now it's been confirmed he will leave the Halliwell Jones at the end of this season and Chris Riley says it'll be an emotional night 
Yeah, obviously we've got a, a few players and big name players as well leaving at the end of the year and uh, it'd be good to try and get a good leaving present for them and and obviously for the team really is obviously to concentrate on getting, getting to that grand final and I'm sure that'll be an even sweeter pre- leaving present for them and obviously it'd be disappointed to see a few players leave and obviously Adrian Moore has been probably one of the most influential players that I've ever played with and uh, he's a great bloke as well and he'd be sadly missed next year but like I said we've, we've still got business to do and it, it isn't over just yet and we've just got to go out there on Thursday and, and do the business and hopefully get to the grand final. And uh, it'll surely be a fantastic atmosphere here on Thursday. Yeah, obviously the big games always are at the Yellow Jones. Uh, had a few big games there and the, uh, the airs on your back here next stand up and especially when the, the south stand's bouncing and the rest of the stands are right behind your back. It's like having an extra play so... Like I say it's it's nice to get finally win win the semi one of the semi final games to get to the, the the main semi final to be at home is that, that extra incentive to do well. And uh, finally, what have you made of your season? Has it been a good year for you? Yeah, it's been it's been okay. Uh, obviously, coming off the back of last year, where I probably want I'd probably say was one of my best seasons. Probably I've put a bit of expectation on myself to try and match that, but I probably had a slow start. But I'm I'm happy with where my form's getting me at the moment and. Uh, Hopefully, I've got one game to go, and hopefully another one on the back of that. And if I can finish off in, in, in good style, I'll be pretty happy. So Warrington may have had a week off, but it's been business as usual as much as possible for them to keep up top match fitness ahead of the game tonight. And coach Tony Smith says they haven't been putting their feet up. We had a couple of days off uh, late, uh, late last week, but um, training over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, we had a mock game on on Saturday against some of our younger players and. Uh, yeah, it was a good preparation. Um, it's been pretty much business as usual and uh, um, going according to plan. Uh, the Giants obviously have had an excellent year, league leaders, but um, Warrington have beaten them three times. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. That's in the you know regular season and Challenge Cup. This is a whole new competition, but uh, yeah, they've had a terrific year, and so have we. Um, you know, we finished one point behind them, and you know we uh, had a pretty solid year ourselves. I think we're one. One loss less than them at the moment, as it stands now for the whole season. So we're not far off each other. It shows that we're very evenly matched, and um, yeah, they've had a terrific year, and we've had a pretty good year ourselves. So yeah, it's a, it's a mouth-watering game, I think. Now, having seen the uh, uh, team sheet today, it looks like a very strong squad. Is is anyone a doubt? Is there any injuries in there potentially? Uh, there is a doubt over Waterhouse. Uh, he's touch and go. We'll give him to the eleventh hour to prove his fitness, but uh, he's the only one that's really in doubt. Uh, everybody else is ready to go, and um, yeah, it means whichever team we select, it's a pretty strong one. Um, uh, if he makes it through, well, that's no injury. So you know, we're we're looking okay. And Myla back in contention as well. Yeah, yeah, he's back in contention. He's ready. He's chomping at the bit. He's. He's hoping that he gets the nod, and uh, you know, if he does, well, you know, that's fantastic. He he'll add some, um, some enthusiasm and some speed and some, you know, uh, smarts to our team. Uh, if he doesn't, you know, he'll be ready, ready to go when called upon. Hopefully, you know, given the, uh, if we get through the following week, he he come into consideration for that game as well. So, yeah, we're in there. He's in there fighting. 
It's time for another short break now, but afterwards we'll hear from Leeds boss Brian McDermott, Sean Wayne and witness great Jim Mills on his new book too. In Touch. In Touch. On City Talk 105.9. In Touch. In Touch. On City Talk 105.9. Welcome back to In Touch on City Talk 105.9 with me, Laura Moss, Steve Manning and John Wilkin tonight. Before the break, we heard from Sam Tompkins, Chris Riley and Tony Smith. If you missed any of that, the show will be available to listen to again after it's finished tonight. So before we turn our attention back to the playoff action, which kicks off in just over an hour's time and uh, tomorrow... As well, one rugby league great, witness legend Jim Mills has published a book this week. Jim was a player in the old school ways. I think you were classed him as Steve. Yeah, um, John may have heard of him. You may have just heard of him, but uh, the bottom line with that Jim Mills, growing up and watching the black and white TV and Eddie Waring, when when witness were on, Jim Mills played big Jim Mills, and he'd either do one or two things: it either power through and set a try up. Or it smacks somebody and it gets sent off. And the highlight was watch. I know it sounds awful. I know I shouldn't cry vile. You knew that he was going to hit somebody when he did. I cheered. How sad's yeah. that? So, sent off more times to count. Well, yeah, I'm currently doing a, a boot with somebody who probably caught him up on sending off, but we'll not we'll not promote that yet. But the bottom line is, it was a different era. Um, unlimited tackling. Uh, you, we have what we call hard men now, but there were nothing compared to then the thuggery that went on right. because we had contested scrums and this, that and the other. And um, now that's all gone. He, he's, he's a legend as such, and he'll remain a legend, But uh, and, and it, it'll be a very, very good read. Uh, but, uh, you know, everyone has a place in history. And, you know, you know, you've got to talk and look at the modern side and the players that are coming through. That's who we're entertaining is now. And the game's moved on. In his era, it was superb. He'd probably be superb in this era, full-time rugby league, but he's not in this era. Well, he's certainly got some stories to tell and he's been speaking to Adrian Jackson about his new book, Big Jim. Yeah, after so many years, uh, you know, I decided to launch a book. Uh, obviously, my, you know, it's going for charity, so it's a good thing, you know. Name's Big Jim, that's your nickname, so it's quite apt, uh, reminiscing about Big Jim Mills in 2013. That's right, well, I was always called Big Jim when I played, you know, throughout my career, so there, there could be no other title for the book except Big Jim, you know. So it's a good story, what was the reason to bring the book out other than for the fact that it's charity? Well, I did, I, a few people have asked me over the years, you know, you see all these different books coming out, and uh, I have a lot of stories I can tell, you know, and... Uh, I just thought they were worth telling and uh, the people of Witness have been great to me. So I just wanted to give something back and they might enjoy it, you know. Uh, and what kind of a story can the readers of the book expect? Well, it goes right through my career, really, from uh, growing up in Cardiff, uh, starting in school with uh, my Windsor Clive School, then, I, then joining the Cardiff Rugby Club, playing for Cardiff against teams like the Barbarians. I played in the Welsh Youth, captain the Welsh Youth Rugby Union. And then I signed for, decided to sign for Halifax at a young age of 19. And uh, I played until 1980, and uh, it was a long career. And uh, I started off a bit slow, but, you know, in the end, up I come good. Towards the end of your career, you, you had a bit of a cult following amongst witness fans particularly, but amongst our rival fans, it, it was a love-hate relationship, could we say? That's right. They all say that. They, they, they love me if, they play, if I played for you, but hated me if I didn't. <laughs> And I, obviously, the, the older fans will know about Jim Mills, the player, but for any new listeners, tell us what Jim Mills is like as a player. Well, I, you know, I always done my best for my team. You know, I, 
and you play to your strength and I was physically very strong and uh, I used that physicality in, in the game the way I play but I could uh, you know play football you know and I you know I just enjoyed the game it's about your life story did you have any flashbacks when you were coming through what you've done over the years yeah you know when you start thinking about stories in your past you know in Australia and Halifax when I came up and uh, right to the end at witness well witness where I had all my success and it does bring some wonderful memories back you know it's quite apt that uh, Australia is on the rugby league story regarding Sam Tompkins. So what was it like back in the day when you were over there? Yeah, well, it was a big game then, you know, in Australia, a lot bigger than it is in was in England, you know, and uh, I didn't realise what a big game it was. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, although we weren't full-time at the time, but uh, as they are now, but it was uh, like, uh, it was the biggest game in Sydney, you know. Without a doubt, so the fans know about Super League now. But what give give the younger fans a picture of what rugby league was like back in your day? Well, a completely different game, really. You know, the the game has changed, you know, tremendously, and the the rules and you know the cameras everywhere. You know, I wouldn't have been so keen on all these cameras everywhere. I might have uh, I might have been sent off a few more times. <laughs> you mentioned the sendings off. Uh, how many was it in particular? Do you can you remember? Well, they've checked for my book, and uh, they reckon it's twenty times. All that's counting Australia as well. So. <laughs> It's better than what I thought, so it's pretty good, really. Where can people buy the book? Yeah, but buy the book in uh, like W. H. Smith's, or uh, you can order it from any bookshop. And uh, the, as I say, the, my profits are going to the Witness and Runcon Cancer Support Group. And that's uh, Jim Mills speaking to Adrian Jackson yeah, about, about his new book, The Big Jim Mills out now. Uh, so back to playoff action tonight. Warrington Wolves hosting Huddersfield Giants and tomorrow Leeds are the visitors to Wigan. We talked about how uh, Huddersfield are going to have it tough tonight at Warrington. Um, John, now Saints are, you, you know, you're out of the competition, you're watching on the sidelines, sorry, uh, but uh, who, who are you thinking is going to be uh, there at Old Trafford next week? I, th- I think it's quite interesting, the pies that I think um, I mean, obviously Leeds have got the, the, the big game experience uh, Wigan are consistent and, and are quite predictable in how they play. Huddersfield have had an easy game uh, last week and then Warrington have been quite consistently good all year. I th- it's really difficult to pick, obviously. I think Leeds played really well, well against us. so I know that that will have probably concerned a few of the other big teams because you're always wary of a Leeds team that's coming into this time of the year on form. Um, but it's, I think this has been the most open Super League there's been in in terms of there's not one team really that's dominated everything. Um, Huddersfield have played well in the league. Wigan had a relatively easy cup run but won the cup and then the playoffs is wide open. So I think this weekend's games will be should be very entertaining, fingers crossed. It sounds a little bit to me like you just sat on the fence there. I did because oh, I, I sort of genuinely believe... I know you're going to say, but go on. No, no, I genuinely believe that. I do, I do. Um, I, I believe it's really close. that. Um, the closest it's been in a number of years. I, I think I fancy Warrington against Huddersfield just very marginally, and I, I think I fancy Leeds against Wigan just. So Warrington Leeds final, and then rematch of last year. And then yeah, you know, then anything can happen. You know, I've been there. <laughs> well, it's the uh, <laughs> exactly in the in the first. It's the first year in three that Leeds haven't been picked in the club call, and uh, Coach Brian McDermott's expecting the trip to Wigan tomorrow to be as tough as they come. It doesn't come any bigger than that, does it? It's, that'll be a tough game. That, that absolutely be, you know, the I think one of the toughest games that we are, we'll play this year. And, and we showed some form towards the back end of this year, and uh, I just know we'll have to be probably show our best performance, to try and beat Wigan at their place in, in the last game before the grand final. So uh, yeah, excited, exciting as well. You know, we're really pleased, and uh, we 
we, we feel fortunate that we're in this position here, but really looking forward to the challenge that's ahead. So Brian McDermott's named an unchanged side from the team that defeated St Helens last week. And Wigan, they make two changes with Daryl Goulding and Sam Powell coming into the squad in place of Andy Powell and James Greenwood. Sean O'Loughlin still out with his Achilles and Chris Tucson has a hamstring problem. And uh, we'd also like to mention that today actually game aside uh, that it is uh, three years today since Terry Newton's sudden passing. So thoughts are with his family and friends. Well, that's for tomorrow now. Uh, Warriors boss Sean Wayne says they've got a great history in the competition against Leeds and the game will certainly be a classic. Yeah, big one. You know, they've had the upper hand on knockout football the past few years. Um, you know, but we uh, we beat them at the Etihad this year. A few weeks ago, that we played them in the Super League competition and they were the worthy winners. So, um, you know, it's pretty even between us. Um, in, in knockout games, Leeds are the, are, are the kings. You know, they've got some experienced players in their team. So, we know there's a major challenge ahead, but... I know we can play in big games and we proved that at Wembley and proved that last week at Sotherfield. So, um, you know, we're going to the game confident. We've got another day on, on, uh, on a weekend off. So hopefully we'll be nice and fresh and well prepared for the game. And I know you hate me bringing things up from the past, obviously. We're at the situation of 12 months ago when you had them again and you're 18 minutes away from the grand final. Mm. Yeah, we scored a few tries in that. They scored one and, and, and they got a penalty in the last minute. So... It wasn't a dead set loss for me. You know, I thought we did enough in that game to win the game. Um, it was just a poor, quite a few poor referees' decision towards the end of the game, what cost us dearly. So I'm, I'm not overly stressed about that. You know, the things happened in the past, and I don't dwell on it. Um, I just know that if we uh, if we concentrate and prepare well this week, that the way we're going in big games, that we can challenge Leeds, and, and it is going to be a challenge. They're a quality team. They're well coached, and you know they, they showed last week against St. Helens they, they win tight games and. You know, we, we need to make sure that we don't get into tight game. You know, I want us to be at our best. In a situation, I don't know, it's jumping ahead. Still on for the double, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. If we if we beat Leeds, that's another one. It will be get achievement for us as a town. But I do understand that there's a lot of our work to be done. You know, I have every respect for Leeds, and uh, they've shown in, few, in, in the past games against those big knockout games, they've got the upper hand. So it's a real challenge. You know, we're up against it against a quality team. Um, we were very battle-hardened, and uh, but I, I'm, I'm still confident in us playing into our best can beat anybody. Well, we're almost out of time here on In Touch on City Talk 105.9. So, uh, score predictions for tonight, please. First, Mr Manning. Huddersfield by eight. Wigan by seven. I'm going to go the complete opposite to you. I think uh, Warrington by six and Leeds by Two. John? Warrington, Warrington by 10 and yeah, Leeds by two. I'll go with Leeds by two. Do I, can I, do I have to be this? No, Leeds by four just to be different. Okay, yeah. just to be different. Yeah. Bragging rights are at stake. Steve Manning, you, you could be all or nothing or I could be all or nothing this time next week. We'll, uh, we'll have to see. Well, I've got to think about where I finished in the media challenge. So hopefully my experience might just get me home on this one. Of course, you had Saints in that one as well. Yeah, yeah, surreal Wigan fan back in Saints at the beginning of the season for the grand final. What do you do, John? Glad Let me fan. down. Well, you've got to finally admitted you're a Wigan fan to me, Steve. That's, that's the missing piece of information. Now you make sense. Makes <laughs> really? Sense. Makes sense. Really? Everybody said I don't make sense. <laughs> well, that's all we've got time for tonight. Thank you for your company, John. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll speak to you again next week. Join us from six o'clock next week as we look ahead to the grand final, Old Trafford. Who will it be? We'll find out. Steve Manning, City Talk 105.9.